0: Chapter One, Section A of History of Philosophy. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Tier Illus. E. History of Philosophy by William Turner. Part One: Ancient Philosophy, Section A: Oriental Philosophy in the doctrines by means of which the Babylonians, Chinese, Hindus, Egyptians, and other Oriental peoples sought to formulate their thoughts concerning the origin of the universe and the nature and destiny of man, the religious elements predominate over the natural or rational explanation. An adequate account of these doctrines, therefore, belongs to the history of religions rather than to the history of philosophy. While, however, this is so, and while the task of separating the religious from the philosophical element of thought in the oriental systems of speculation is by no means easy, some accounts of these systems must be given before we pass to the study of Western thought. Babylonia and Assyria When, probably about the year 3800 BC, the Semites conquered Babylonia, they found there a civilization which is commonly called that of the Akkadians and the Sumerians, and is by many regarded as the source of all the civilizations of the East. The religion of the Akkadians was originally shamanistic. Every object, every force in nature, was believed to possess a spirit, Z who could be controlled by the magical exorcisms of the shaman, or sorcerer-priest. Gradually certain of these spirits had been elevated to the dignity of gods, as, for instance, Anu, the sky, Mulge, or Enum, the earth, and Hea, the deep it was not however until the time of asurbanipal 7th century bc that this primitive system of theogony began to develop into a system of cosmology based on the idea that the universe arose out of a chaos of waters before that time there prevailed in acadia a vague traditional belief that the present cosmic system was preceded by an anarchical chaos in which existed composite creatures men with the bodies of birds and the tails of fishes, nature's first attempts at creation. With this creationist legend, there was associated an equally vague belief in a gloomy Hades, or underworld, where the spirits of the dead hover like bats and feed on dust. From the earliest times, the Akkadians devoted attention to the observation of the heavenly bodies, and it may be said that among them, astronomy found its first home. Their crude attempts at astronomical observation were, however, connected with astrological practices, so that the Chaldeans became famous among the ancients as adepts in the magic arts, Chaldeos ne Consulito. In like manner, The first efforts at numerical computation and notation were made subservient to the demands of the magician. It was through the Phoenicians, who inaugurated the trade of Western Asia, that the civilization of the Assyrians influenced the religious and artistic life of the Greeks and of the other nations of the Mediterranean. Egypt Up to the present time, Egyptologists have failed to reach an agreement as to what was the primitive form of religious belief in ancient Egypt. In the first place, the chronological difficulties have hitherto proven to be insurmountable, and in the next place, the diversity of religious systems in the different nomads, or provinces, into which Ancient Egypt was divided, renders difficult every attempt at forming a theory as to what, if any, was the one religion which prevailed throughout Egypt at the dawn of history. Historians are content with dating the period preceding the 7th century BC by dynasties, rather than by years, the first dynasty being placed about the 55th century BC. Menes who established the first dynasty, found already existing a hierarchical system of deities to which whom some great city was dedicated, but what was the primitive religion of Egypt from which this hierarchical system of gods evolved? Monotheism, polytheism, pantheism, hanotheism, totemism, sun worship, nature worship, these are the widely different answers which modern Egyptologists have given to this question. Scholars are equally at variance as to the origin and significance of animal worship among the Egyptians. When, however, we come to the period of the great gods, chief of whom were Ra, the sun, Nut, heaven, and Set, or Typhon, the earth, and to the legend of Osiris, Isis, and Horus, There seems to be very little room for doubt as to the essentially naturalistic character of these divinities. The kernel of the Egyptian state religion was solar. With regard to the speculative elements of thought contained in the mythological conception of the Egyptians, mention must be made of the doctrine that everything living, whether it was a god, a man, or an animal, possessed a ka, or shadow, which was in each case more real and permanent than the object itself. This notion was present in the practice of animal worship, for although there is by no means a unanimity of opinion among scholars in favor of reducing animal worship to mere symbolism. There is no doubt that the Egyptian's mind was dominated by the idea that every Ka must have a material dwelling place. Similarly, when the abstract notion of the divinity presented itself to the Egyptian mind and was identified with each god in turn, and when at a later time there appeared the notion of a pantheistic divinity in whom all the great gods were merged, the dominant idea was always that of the Ka- or soul, whose dwelling place was the individual god or the universe. Another conception which may be traced very far back in the history of Egyptian civilization is that of the magical virtue of names. The idea of quote shadow unquote, and the belief in the magical virtue of names determined the Egyptian cult of the dead and doctrine of immortality from the monuments and relics of ancient Egyptian literature, especially from the Book of the Dead, it is clear that deep down in the popular mind was the belief that the continued existence of a person after death depended somehow on the preservation of his name and the permanence of the dwelling place which was to harbor his ska, or shadow. Hence, the Egyptians considered that the house of the living were merely inns, and that the tombs of the dead are eternal habitations. In the philosophical traditions of the priestly caste, there grew up a more rational doctrine of the future life. According to this doctrine, man consists of three parts, the kat, or body, the ku, or spirit, which is an emanation, from the divine essence, and the soul, which is sometimes represented as Ka dwelling in the mummy or in the statue of the deceased, and sometimes as Ba, a disembodied soul, which ultimately returns to its home in the lower world. It is this Ba, or disembodied soul, which after death appears before Osiris and the 42 and is weighed in the balance by Horus and Anubis, while Thoth records the result. The souls of the blessed are eventually admitted to the happy fields of Alu, there to be purified from all earthly stain and made more perfect in wisdom and goodness. The souls of the wicked are condemned either to various torments of hell, or to wanderings long and arduous through the regions between heaven and earth, or to transmigration into the bodies of various animals, or, finally, to annihilation. The fate of the soul is determined partly by the good and evil which it wrought during life, and partly by the amulets, prayers, and gifts by which it secured the favor of the gods. But whatever may be the immediate fate of the soul, it will ultimately return to its body, and on the great day of resurrection, soul, body, and spirit shall be once more united. From the chapter on judgment in the Book of the Dead, and from the ethical maxims of Kakima, 3rd dynasty, and from Ptahotep, 5th dynasty, it appears that the ideal conduct among the ancient Egyptians was practical, a high order of purity, And essentially religious. In these documents, charity, benevolence, prudence, chastity, social justice, clemency, and the love of intellectual pursuits are ranked among the foremost virtues, and not only external morality is incalculated, but also the morality of thought and desire. China When about 2000 years BC, the Chinese first appeared in the light of history, they already possessed social, political, and religious institutions and a material and intellectual civilization of a high order. It was not, however, until the 6th century BC, that the sacred books were collected and arranged, although some of them, especially the Yi King, were assigned by tradition to the learned princes and kings who, long before the historical period, had invented the art of writing. The sacred or authoritative books were 1. The five classics, namely the Yi-King, the Book of Changes, Divination, the Shu-King, the Book of History, the Shi-King, or the Book of Poetry, the le Ke, or Record of Rites, and the Chun-Tzu, Spring and Autumn, a book of annals, composed by Confucius. 2. The four books, namely, Lun-Yu, or Conversations of the Master, Chun-Yung, or Doctrine of the Mean, ta Heo, or Great Learnings, and meng Tse, or Teaching of Mencius. The five classics were collected, arranged, and edited by Confucius, with the exception of the last which was written by him, and it is impossible to say to what extent the editor introduced into the text doctrines and opinions of his own. The four books were composed by disciples of Confucius. Before the time of Confucius, there existed a national or state religion in which the principal objects of worship were heaven and spirits of various kinds, especially the spirits of dead ancestors. Heaven, Tian, is the supreme lord, Shang Ti, the highest object of worship. The deity carries on its work silently and simply, yet inexorably, in the order and succession of natural phenomena, in the rain and sunshine, the heat and the cold, etc. With this natural order, are closely connected to the social, political, and moral orders of the world, or rather, all order is essentially one, and perfection and prosperity in moral life and in the state depend on maintaining the order which is not only heaven's first law, but heaven itself. With the worship of heaven was connected the worship of spirits Shan, These are omnipresent throughout nature, they are not, however, addressed as individuals, but as a body or aggregation of individuals, as for example, celestial spirits, terrestrial spirits, and ancestral spirits. The last are the object of private as distinct from official worship. The Chinese, always inclined to look towards the past rather than towards the future, thought less of personal immortality in the life after death, than the continuation of the family life, by which the actions of the individual were reflected back and made to ennoble a whole line of ancestors, the qualities which characterized the religious thought of China from the beginning, its eminently practical nature, the complete absence of speculation, and the most complete exclusion of mythological elements, reappear in the writings of the great religious teacher Confucius, Kan five hundred fifty-one to four hundred seventy-eight B.C. Confucius was no innovator. He appeared, rather, as the collector of the sacred literature of the past and the restorer of the old order. He inculcated the strict observance of the traditional forms of worship, discouraged speculations in matters theological, and while he taught the supreme importance of moral duties, he grounded all his moral precepts on the general order of the world and the long-established tradition of the Chinese people. He insisted on man's political and domestic duties and emphasized especially the importance of filial piety. Lao Tse, a contemporary of Confucius, born about 604 BC and author of the Tao Te King, introduced into China the first system of speculative thought, the philosophy of Tao, reason, way, which many scholars consider to be of Hindu origin. Lao Tse did not, however, attempt to overthrow the traditional ideals of his countrymen, and while the importance which he attaches to speculation places him in sharp contrast with Confucius, the doctrines of the two great teachers have many points in common. For Tao, the fundamental concept of the Tao Te King does not mean reason in the abstract, but nature, or rather the way, the order of the world, the impersonal method which all men must observe, if they are to attain goodness and success. Ultimately, then, both Lao Tse and Confucius teach that conduct is to be guided by a knowledge of the unalterable, discriminating, intelligent order of heaven and earth. But while Confucius refers his disciples to the study of the writings and institutions of antiquity, Lao Tse refers them to the speculative contemplation of Tao, the former encourages studying, the latter advocates contemplation as a means of acquiring knowledge of the eternal order on which morality depends, hence the tendency of Taoism towards quietism and self-abdignation. Quote, recompense injury with kindness, unquote, said Lao Tse, to which Confucius is said to have answered, quote, recompense kindness with kindness, but recompense injury with justice, unquote. To the 5th century BC belong Yangtze and Miitze, or Mak. The former preached a kind of Epicureanism, man should enjoy the present and cheerfully accept death when it comes, virtue is but a name, good reputation is a shadow, the sacrifice of self is a delusion. The latter maintained that one should love all men equally, that the practice of universal love is a greater benefit to the state than to the study of antiquity and the preservation of ancient customs. Li Te and Chuang Te appeared during the fifth and the first half of the fourth centuries BC as representatives of Taoism. They were opposed by the distinguished exponent of Confucianism, Meng Te, or Mencius, three hundred and seventy one to two hundred eighty eight. In his dialogues, which were collected in seven books by his disciples, He gives a more compact exposition of Confucianism than that found in the isolating sayings of the Master. He insists on filial piety, on political virtue, and on the proper observance of religious and other ceremonial rites. He reduces the cardinal virtues to four, wisdom, humanity, justice, and propriety. End of section 1